Lane Kawaoka. Is this like a Japanese name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've got a, you must come from a Japanese family, but not brought up in Japan because what Japanese could pronounce the word, the name Lane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be, they don't like those R sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Rain, Kawaoka, it would like you're raining. Um, okay, so so where do you come from? You're, you're from the US, I assume. Yeah, so um, born in the United States, uh, fourth generation Japanese American. Mm. So you know, pretty, pretty Americanized at this point, live in Hawaii currently. Okay, lovely. I mean, it must be lovely. I know nothing about Hawaii, but it sounds like it's a lovely place. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, no yeah. Complaint. yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what do you get up to? Um, sorry, was that? What do you get up to? What's your uh, your passion and projects in life? Yeah, so I mean, I I invest in real estate, which allows me to be financially free, and you mm. know, I kind of just help other people kind of do the same. Uh -huh. um, a lot of it is I've realized that you know we're all kind of you know myself at least you know brought up on this linear path we're all taught to go to school study hard you know i eventually became an engineer and then you know invest in the 401k stock market do all these you know buy a house to live in mm -hmm. and then i started to realize well the wealthy people they do things differently <laughs> and a lot of the, like the the things that I've kind of learned from other people is very different than what my parents taught me, what I, what the people in the cubicles next to me when I was working as an engineer do. So I kind of, you know, use my podcast and my website to kind of teach about these alternative investing ideas mm. to people who are willing to listen. And um, you know, I think a lot of my, my main mission is to kind of help out hardworking people, right? A lot of hard, it's the hardworking people that pay their fair share of taxes. It's not the wealthy people. It's not the poor people. Mm -hmm. It's the people in the middle that kind of bust their butt all day long and you know, have to work long, long careers. While yeah. unfortunately, yeah. You know, a lot of you know Wall Street, you know, big institutional companies are kind of taking a lot of their retirement money in the form of hidden fees, carried interests. And, you know, I've, at least the way I did it, you know, buying a rental property on my own, it, it kind of puts you on a path to financial freedom a lot quicker. And it you know, really empowers people to live a life where, you know, they can have choices, right? They don't just have to trade time for money. Mm -hmm. it, it frees them up to do what they enjoy. But, you know, after a while, you know, running around and traveling gets maybe get a little boring, but maybe there's some kind of bigger mission or impact they want to create in the world. Mm -hmm. And, and so your when you recommend what you recommend to people, is that to do the follow the same path that you followed? Or is it kind of very depend on the person? I mean, most of the people that come into my group are very similar. Yeah, they are, they, they have high paying jobs, mm. or they're really good savers with their money. Yeah. I would probably argue is maybe, you know, maybe a small 5% of the population out there. Right. I mean, yeah, a, yeah. a lot of my guys are, you know, they make six figures at their day job. They're very busy, but they're also the people who are very diligent savers. You know, 
max mm-hmm. out their retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a lot of those people, the mainstream financial wisdom out there, like buying a house to live in, investing in retirement, really doesn't apply to them. Mm-hmm. Um, as if most of that advice is kind of predicated to people who are not fiscally responsible. They spend more than they make. Um, they don't make enough money at their day jobs. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of the small population that I kind of, you know, try and reach out and help because that was me. Right. You know, I was never in credit card debt. I was always, you know, got brought up with the right money ideas to not spend more money than you make. Mm-hmm. And so, the, and so it's people who've got the money and they're collecting the money, they're saving the money, but they're not making the money work for them. Right, right. And, yeah. you know, those are the people that they have an opportunity to get to financial freedom. A lot of times under five to 10 years, mm. get them there, get them that, that proverbial oxygen mask on first, mm. as they say, and when you board every airplane, you need to put yeah. the oxygen mask on first, then you help out the little kids mm-hmm. and the, the elderly. Yeah. So help people get the financial freedom first. So in terms, some of them will, you know, help out other people send the elevator back down. It's uh, it's quite common. They say that people do when they when they have financial freedom. I've I've heard it, like some stories of how it's very common that people spend a couple of years enjoying themselves, and then they yeah. go like what am I going to do now? And they come up with some really cool project and they do something. That, that was exactly my, I mean, I started investing in 2009. Mm. Um, and then I just bought a, almost a property a year. And then, you know, this is compound interest, right? So my holdings kind of just went right up. Around mm. 2015, I had 11 rental properties. You know, I was nowhere near financial independence yet. Um, but my mindset was kind of like, well, I don't have to do anything in the very near future. Certainly, you know, by the time I'm late 30s, 40s, for sure, you know, I won't need this day job. Mm. And, you know, the mind wanders and the way we do things, I mean, it's passive real estate investing. Like None of this is flipping houses or wholesaling houses, all this active stuff. Mm. All this is passive investing. And you spend your time on your day job, but you know the wine mind wanders or my mind wandered, mm. and I'm like, well, if I'm going to be financially free in four or five years, you know, my mind started to you know ease up and slow down. I eventually left my private sector job, went to more government sector, as we all know, easier jobs, right, more chill jobs, mm. and life quality of life got a lot higher. Um, as I started to really step down from corporate America. Um, but you're exactly right. I mean, what most people will do if they had an infinite amount of money, I guess, is go traveling and it's kind of cool in the beginning, you know, you take a bunch of pictures, post it on Instagram of the foods you eat, places you go, but it is a little empty. Hmm. And so, And so you started to do this project of teaching because that's, that gave me more meaning. Is that how it came? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the, eventually, like, what happened was a lot of my friends that I graduated college with were asking me, "Well, how do you buy all these rental properties out in like places that you don't even live? You don't <laughs> feel it. You don't touch it. You don't even visit it, right?" Yeah. And then I, you know, we 
tell your friends, right? Nobody does anything. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I just started to, I mean, I know how to make an MP3, you know. So I just started to record it. That was how the podcast started back in 2016. You know? hmm. Here's how to buy rental properties. Here's some of the good things and the bad things. And come and follow my journey. And that's how it kind of began. But then, you know, as, as you know, when you start a podcast, it's very slow in the beginning. Nobody listens to it. Hmm. But then after a couple of years, actually, actually the first year, I got some traction with it. And I started to get these emails that people were like, yeah, I actually listened. And I went and I bought a rental and now I'm on the fast track. I don't oh, like a really job cool. I don't like. That's and really cool. That, I got really lucky there, right? I mean, a lot of that is just luck as an entrepreneur that I was able to get that traction. And then that helped me motivate because I mean, making a podcast doesn't make money. It's kind of a passion project for sure. But that really helped me get the traction to kind of carry on and keep doing the podcast to year two, three, four and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, podcasts don't directly make money. And you don't get much traction straight away, but uh, they are taking something out there into the world, yeah? Right, and When right. you're putting and something out there in the world, then you're setting the possibility of something more and something more. I think that a lot of the, the business attitude, which is different to the, the kind of having a job attitude, is that you put things out first before you're seeing the return. Right. You're, not, you're not going like, wait till somebody pays me for this. I'm going like, I'm going to start this. I'm going to do something. I'm going to get it, get it moving. And later on, it'll something will happen out of it. Right. And, and one of the, you know, another selfish reason why I did it was, you know, eventually I, I thought I'd have kids. I was single at the time, mm. but I was like, well, I'll probably forget a lot of this stuff. So I might as well record it. So maybe my kids one day can listen to this stuff. Right. I mean, a lot of the stuff I've forgotten. You know, today buy more apartments and go into syndication deals as passive investors. But, you know, like I, I still think when you're starting out, you have to buy that first rental property, buy a few to get your net worth off the ground. So that was another motivation too. But you know, eventually it transitioned, right, to helping other people. Because I felt like, I mean, these are just emails in my inbox that mm-hmm. you know, you're making a small change in the world. I mean, maybe a very small micro influencer or platform but the few people that i was touching i mean it drastically changed the trajectory of their lives yeah so i mean it's the whole thought process of like would you rather impact a whole bunch of people very small or you know go up inch wide mile deep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. inch wide mile deep is more my personality i, right. you know, I kind of like to know my folks and that's that's kind of where I started like more of the creating the community so I could actually, you know, see some of the people that <laughs> I, I know and have them, you know, a lot of them, they like to pay it forward to like, like to help the other people in the group too. Um, and it, it attracted a lot of really good people and you know, kind of going back to what you mentioned earlier, you know, money, money is a magnifier, I, I believe like it magnifies who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a greedy person and you're really cheap, um, it'll make you more, right? It'll make you more paranoid. Mm-hmm. But if you're mm-hmm. a very generous person, abundance mindset, as opposed to scarcity mindset, you know, it, 
you'll go out and you'll create more abundance for other people right in that process so do you see that in the in your students do you see that some of them go one way and some of them go differently yeah i mean we we have in our group we we try and get people up to like four and a half million plus or minus a million dollars net worth um because at that point you know most of us are pretty frugal people right we're not extravagant but when you get up to that shelf you can pass off money to your kids and they can kind of be idiots and still do all right in life right (laughs) so at that point and you can live out your remaining decades Mm. in a pretty decent quality level of life um so at, at, that's the point we try and get a lot of people up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like at that point, that is like when they've got that oxygen mask on for themselves. And most people, I think they, they get to a point where they want to kind of help people, maybe not on a huge scale, right? They're not going to make a podcast. Mm-hmm. They're not going to help out dozens of people, but they want to have a small impact on a few chosen people. It's like kind of the mentorship um, apprentice right. model. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we kind of create the opportunity in these communities for people to kind of informally mentor other people. Mm-hmm. Too. One of the things that I think is really important is, is choosing an approach that suits you. And, you know, I know that if I took this approach that you took, I would be really hopeless at it. I hate managing my money. I never never save much. I'm not interested in the money. I would just like not do a good job of it. Um, and I would not enjoy it because it's like, yeah. it's not, not my passion. It's not where I want to go. And, and I see like everyone's got that. They've got the things that they enjoy and they love. And they've got the things that they don't enjoy and they therefore are not very good at. Right. And, and what I think is like, it's great when you, you have some mentor who can help you to, to find your steps forward. But it's really important to find a mentor who is kind of somewhat like you and it's taking you on the same path that you want to go. I've, I've seen a, a few people who, who got into these, these classes about how to make lots of money and become financially free. But they studied under a teacher who was like so totally different personality to them that they could never really, really make it work. And so it kind of didn't work for them. Right. um yeah that sounds yeah, like I mean, we talk a lot about like you know finding the people of your pedigree right yeah. in person you mentioned personality yeah. but for us it's a lot of like well what do you do you have to work with right like this is why you know we don't have broker guys in our group right mm. like this is real estate investing yeah passive real estate investing right we're not flipping houses or doing yeah. running around with their heads chopped off we're working our day jobs and passively with the you know the minimum amount of effort minimum effective dough, if you will, hmm. investing on the side. But, you know, with that little minimal effort in the right place, we're able to augment our investment return to the financial future so much more than the status quo. Mm-hmm. But like you say, you're, you tend to be people who are careful with your money, who are frugal, who are, um, know how to manage things and, and invest and save in a, right. in a good way right. so i mean there so there might there not be are, so much effort but there's a certain amount of responsibility and and really observing what's going on with your money and looking after the, the money that's going right. on there. a lot of i mean a lot of those basic 
financial skills were kind of ingrained with me from the start. Yeah. And I, I get it. Most people don't have it. But for me, like, I just, you know, I don't, I don't coach people on baseball. I don't coach people <laughs> on ping pong. You know, I, I stay in my lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what I'm good at. And maybe that's, you know, again, to your point is find the people that are the experts in what you want to do. Yeah. And also kind of also aligned in terms of mindset. I mean, I do the same thing for, you know, I, I, I'll employ business coaches and there's a certain personality I know that kind of works for my personality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I've been uh, going through some process of trying to find a business coach that worked for me. And uh, I found a lot of people, ones that didn't work for me because as soon as they tell me what to do, it doesn't work. Yeah? As soon as they give me any advice, I'm like, no, it's not, not what I want. Um, right. So I found uh, someone who doesn't consider themselves a business coach at all. And they're fantastic. <laughs> they're like, they consider themselves to be something completely different. So it's like, it was quite difficult to find because of the personality that I need. But, but you know, right. obviously once you, once you figure it out, that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah. And, and that's the self-awareness piece, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you just have to figure out what works for you and, and acknowledge what doesn't. Mm-hmm. I did some years uh, teaching music in a very small town. So I was teaching a 10-year-old kids, generally kids who were kind of sensitive and didn't particularly want to be pushed hard in the music, but just wanted to enjoy it. And um, I found it really clear how different kids learned in completely different ways. And so one kid would come in and they would pick up their violin and hold it perfectly like like a expert violinist sit up straight and say am i doing it right and then we'd work very very precisely on one piece of music for the whole hour session and that would be they would feel great about it and then the next student comes in uh, picks up the violin and doesn't hold it properly at all is not interested in holding it properly and wants to play a tune that he knows and we get through that after 10 minutes and then he wants to play another tune that he knows and we've played 10 different tunes by the end of the session and we haven't really worked on any of them and maybe he didn't even read the notes he just kind of listened and and played along kind of badly and and both of those students they do really well if they continue you know they both learn but they learn in completely different ways so I, I learned from that, that experience teaching music, how important it is to teach different people in different ways. Um, yeah. And it's your role as the teacher. I mean, you need to have mastery enough of the content. As you know, the content yeah. is very simple at the end of the day, where mostly your bandwidth is spent on tailoring the That's delivery right. method, not That's the right. content. But, uh, you know, when you try and teaching everyone of all different styles, which is actually what I try and do. I try and teach everyone. It's really hard. It's like, it's really difficult to create a message that really speaks to, to all people and, right. and to create a method that works for all people because really people need to learn in such completely different ways. And I think it's so much easier if you just kind of go like, okay, this is where I am. This is who I am. Um, and this is what I do. And people who are kind of like me, they can come along and we can learn from each other. Um, yeah, 
I, I would completely agree. I mean, my my management upbringing was working for a very conservative construction company, mm. very much like the military. You're very right. hard ass and like just very on PC in many <laughs> ways, and that's that's how I run my kind of my mm. my community and organization, but with a little bit of fun behind right. it too. You know, I'm not, I'm not a hard ass. I'm not trying to be an asshole. Or but you're strict. I'm strict. I'm yeah. strict, and yet I am. I care, and I think that's the important mm. thing that people at the end of the day, in my inner circle, they know I care. But it's exactly to your point, right? Like I know who I am, and that's how I'm going to be. And if you okay. don't like it, well, there are many people. Like I mean, like in the personal development world, Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, mm, so many. Everything is. It's all think and grow rich, right? That mm. Napoleon Hill book. But there's different offsets of it. Yeah. You need to figure out who you drive with and who you know what level of firmness you want. <laughs> what sense of coddling you want, right? It, it, you need to figure out what what's best for you. And yeah, I'm the to. opposite. I'm the I'm the really really gentle. Like uh, I went to this teacher who really worked for me, a, a qigong teacher. Qigong is like uh, kind of tai chi exercises, tai chi style yoga for those who aren't familiar with it. I mean, you and I are, are complete opposites, yeah, right? Totally but there, but depending on the person. Sometimes I have to take a page from your book in certain situations with certain people and vice versa. I have to tell you this, this story about this Qigong teacher of mine. He, um, he comes to the beginning of the class and he stands there and he says, relax, think about something else. I don't want to see anyone in the class concentrating. If you, if it gets hard, you have to go and have a cup of tea. I don't want you to see any concentration and trying hard in this class. It's all about relaxation. <laughs> so it was like, this worked really well for me, but it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a very different style. Yeah, where I would be, all right, well, let's, uh, is there like a fast forward button? Yeah. So speed, get going. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, I'm talking about in, the what I'm trying to do this this idea of teaching lots and lots of different people in different ways yeah I can't do it really it's not possible so I'm going to have to have other people get involved and and you know people like yourself are completely different to me and and have mentors of different kinds because it's like how else can you reach reach and explain to people what they need to be you can't really yeah and, you know. and I've I've got some definitely friends like you that also are into the financial mm. independence kind of content space. And the way we kind of talk about it is, you know, like at the end of the day, we're all trying to find happiness. And typically happiness is aligned with helping other people. So in the right. elevator back yeah. down, but to get to that point, the prerequisite to that is getting your shit in order, right? Mm -hmm, like getting, mm -hmm. you know, yes. not being broke, you yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> having absolutely. a decent car. Mm -hmm right um but or at least know, having I, some extra time so you can actually spend it on doing some good things right right so like I, the way i think of it metaphorically is like a, it's a highway right we're all trying mm -hmm. to get on this highway of happiness which is the end game mm -hmm. but there are different ways to get onto the freeway it's different yeah. on -ramps. like personally i help people with financial independence through alternative mm -hmm. investments leveraging different tax mm -hmm. you know 
tax practices and different secrets of the wealthy. Some another person might be a fitness instructor, right? Mm -hmm. They unleash, you know, so they find happiness in physical fitness and they get on the highway. I think everybody, people, we're all stewards to get people onto different on ramps, different forms to get them onto that highway where they found enlightenment, they are happy, they are giving back, you know. But that's mm -hmm. the way I kind of see it. And yeah, yeah. And we're so all part of the same team at right. the end of the day, but just different ushers of different on ramps. And I think that care that you spoke about before really helps people, even if you're not exactly the same as them and you're not able to tell them exactly what they need and whatever. But if you really care, um, sometimes it, it seems to just kind of help people to find themselves in some way. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to care, but I'm, you know, if you ask yeah. dumb questions, I'm going to give you a little bit of crap too. Oh, absolutely. Way, but... Absolutely. I'm not, I, I would be, I would be shocked if you didn't. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> care is, care doesn't mean gentleness necessarily, no? Right. But that may not work for everybody. No. I, I went to, who was it? To Jeffrey Slater. He's an um, inspirational speaker, kind of speaks to the, He's kind of like a hippie motivational speaker. Kind of a cool mix, actually. Um, and he comes in the beginning of the, the workshop and he says, exactly like you said, you know, I'm going to be me. If you don't like me, there's a break coming up, leave. <laughs> and this is the first, you know, I've been to a few seminars of different people. No one ever said that. They always said, like, you've got to be here. This is the way, place it is, you know. I really liked it. it was like, yeah, I didn't want to be there. I didn't like him. But he gave me the permission to say, this is his space. My space is somewhere else. This is fine. We like each other from a distance. Um, where I think if you can come across like that, then it's like you can be totally be yourself and people can just, you can have the community around you that, that suits you and where you belong. Right. Like I, I think a lot of the people in my tribe, you know, they are more of that type A personality. Mm. They are high performers. I mean, their salaries are you know six figures, multiple six figure salaries. They come from a culture, you know, just not only where they work now, but the way they were brought up, right? Like in competitive high school, competitive mm. college, mm -hmm. multiple, you know, college degrees, masters, doctorates, and then competitive work environment. That that's that's kind of the culture that they've kind of been used to. Mm. And that's, at least that's, seems to me, I mean, I kind of came out of that culture too, that, you know, we respond to best, right? Like yeah. you either say it's the, the carrot or the stick. I think a lot of us, you know, over the age of 35, especially respond more to the damn stick than <laughs> the carrot. I had some people need it, you know? Some people yeah. need the, I mean, they, there's a certain enjoyment that can come from pushing yourself hard and, and uh, you know, yeah. the, the, the hard sports coach who makes you run and do your push-ups and stuff. You, you, right. you feel good at the end of it, you know? I, I mean, some, sometimes people are, are, you know, we we would help them buy rental properties and they're like, well, you know, I'm just not comfortable, like, investing in somewhere I've never been before. You know, I'm like, well, you know, you ran the numbers, you know, it looks like a good deal. It's a passive cash flowing asset. How bad could it be? Well, you know, I don't know. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, you go do the math, 
right? You like this path you're on. You want to continue down this road, right? <laughs> if you don't do this, just stay on that path. If you're fine with that, cool. I don't know why you're even talking to me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I studied um, Bowen therapy, which is a healing massage form from Australia. Weird, weird in the sense that you don't spend most of the session actually not touching the person. Um, and this was invented by a, a guy who, who was obviously very spiritual in some way, but never talked to anyone about it. And uh, when people wanted to talk to him about things and ask him questions, he would just turn the hearing aid down so he couldn't, so he couldn't hear them. <laughs> like, no, you just do it. I'm not answering any questions. Yeah, and, and, so, and, and so we've got this whole whole system that's really fantastic and doesn't have any theory behind it because you wouldn't wouldn't talk people through the yeah. theory. And it's like, okay, well, that's if that's your style. Yeah, and and if you're at financial freedom or you're a place that you are truly happy, yeah, then yeah, don't yeah, listen. Yeah. yeah, you need something else. Yeah, but, I'm sure there's but something where I else have a you problem. Want with is like yeah. you know people who they want something different they especially complain to themselves and what's worse complain to other people yeah yeah but aren't willing to do the, the work yeah absolutely yeah let's say uh, if you're complaining then it's time to start fixing it not whatever it is that you're complaining about it's much more right. fun yeah and, and we we kind of help folks like kind of define their family trusts estate their family mm. office and one of the big things is well what are your values and, and the reason why that's such a pet peeve for me is you know one of my values is you know hard work ethic right you know grinding right yeah. where some people grit is not a big it's not a thing yeah um but for me it is and when mm. i create my estate and structure how money flows that's going to be one of the few tenants that I have to somehow create into my family structure mm -hmm. or bring up kids to reward that behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong. I may be totally off base. Maybe that's not how you raise kids. Okay. <laughs> it's my money. You don't want it. <laughs> it's not, and it and you're not you, entitled to it. I mean, you have to bring some of yourself into it. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. do you, do you have children yet? You don't, you don't have yes. children. You do. Yes. Yeah. How old, how old are they now? Um, Three months. Three months. Three okay, months. so yeah. you're just starting the journey. Yeah. yeah, we're not we're not quite applying the the pressure yet. Right? <laughs> Three months pressure. Of the, yeah, but you know, without these story. these values, where you and your your partner are kind of deciding on, to me, you're kind of operating in the dark, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just kind of off of based off of what happens the day-to-day -day or the instance where if you have, if you define a set of values, maybe three to 10 of them, and you can pinpoint it to like, why are we making this decision to coach and counsel to this path? Well, because these two values are kind of what is kind of prickly for us mm. and what we want to instill. Yeah, absolutely. That offers a good framework to at least just not be all over the freaking place. like how some people yeah. are. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, to create unity, it's a known thing that to create unity, you need a common goal, common direction. Um, right. And there's two ways to do that. One is to fight. And the other is to, to choose a goal and aim for the, for the goal. So when a, a country is at war, then the people are united. 
and when a country has a vision, the people are united. And the same with the family. If you're, and essentially what that means is that if you don't create a vision and you don't have a these kind of guiding principles that you're talking about, then you'll start fighting. You need a war to unite the family, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's not always going to be happening. Yeah, and it's better not to have the war. So let's have the the vision. You know, let's have yeah. the the direction. So the difference between a peacetime general and a wartime general yeah. at the time the peacetime general is, is harder to create the unity is much harder you have to really right. really work on that vision um and and community and tribe you talk about a little bit i'm very interested in these ideas how does this fit in with your work well i mean you know in in our world like there are family offices that you know large estates that have over a hundred million dollars net worth Mm. I mean, I'm not there. My folks aren't there, right? Mm -hmm. They can't afford somebody to run their estate, like how Alfred helps Batman <laughs> run his estate. So, you know, what do you do when you're kind of climbing up, you know, going from a million dollars to maybe $10 million mm -hmm. worth? Well, unfortunately, you can't afford one of these guys, but, you know, the next best thing in, 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 in this and many other aspects is a group coaching type of environment or a mm. mastermind or a group like this where you rely on other people on the same trajectory as yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take anything else out there, you know, physical, any kind of physical fitness type of thing or spiritual thing. The magical formula is getting the, the people that are kind of aligned and kind of helping each other out and masterminding different ideas and staying in the community. After all, we're all the average of the five people we hang out with most mm -hmm. i think there's this kind of aspect of community how it really helps us to achieve our goals but there's also an aspect of the community that's it's just really important for our happiness it's just really important to be around people that you kind of understand and connect with and can spend some time with doing good things and so it's really crucial that we have these communities Right. I mean, I have different groups, circles. Mm. I think everybody does, right? I mean, you have different hobbies and interests. Mm. I mean, there are people that they don't care about money. They don't have money that I hang out with. Yeah. And that's fun too, right? Yeah. It's nice to get into that. And but a lot of my, my for me personally, a lot of my interest is money based. And it is what it is. And mm. I prefer to interact and be around other people that are also have the same interests as me. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, well, it's totally in the sense that you can't really explore that interest without people around who are interested in it, you know? Yeah. If you if I'm you not, go I'm not the, gonna go, go, to the, go to the football club with your chessboard, you're not gonna get a very interesting chess game. Right. And I'm not gonna go as far as saying something douchey like, well. You know, if you don't have X amount of money and, you know, you don't work out five times a week or more and they, I don't know what else, but like, <laughs> we, we don't hang out. We're yeah. probably not going to be friends. You know, that's not, to me, that's not the case, right? Mm. But you go find your circles that, you know, the things that you like that define you as a person. And, you know, you just like you know you're watching tv or netflix you watch a certain channel yeah you've got different channels that you watch it's not like you're married to one but you've kind of gotten 
you go to one channel for one thing and another the other and same thing with your friend circle and your community mm -hmm. yeah i'd like to see a world where community really connects with business much more i think that we tend to have our our business world we see as a world where we work and then there's the community where we are enjoying ourselves or we're doing something for community we're serving um what if we could put the two together what if we could yeah. you know really be working in community working together helping each other and receiving back that money or whatever it is that i need all at the same time you know i think this yeah. would make I've, a I've I, they're, they're out there. I mean, they're typically, you know, $25,000 a year masterminds like that, where, you know, I think the culture is, you know, you don't really talk about your business, right? Because look, we're all big dogs here, right? We all make X amount of money or more. Mm. We're all doing amazing things. For once, it's nice to be around the same level for once. Mm. Um, it's a breath of, breath of fresh air for a lot yeah. of entrepreneurs. But, and I think when you get into those environments, you know, the topics are not business-based, <laughs> right? And I think it's, and I think this is where the financial independence piece comes in. When you put away money and money is no object after mm. a while, because you have, you know, generating cash flow, you have technically infinite funds. What is the, what is the next piece? Well, it's the fulfillment piece. And mm. I think that's what, you know, a lot of these higher level masterminds, um, I think that that blend kind of comes in and for a lot of people who don't have money or have a lot of money and you know that's the piece they're looking for that's why these things are so expensive to get into the room of these types of things but you know I mean I think I think that's it is it is out there I mean what yeah. you kind of speak of right yeah. this Pangea of you know high, highly achieving individuals that are still achieving great things, yet there is a different focus. Well, I don't think it's only for the highly achieving individuals. I think that we can all, I mean, a mastermind group is a great start for anyone to be part of a community and getting on with their passions and their business. And, yeah. and well, but, but then, you know, I'll, I'll argue there where like, I tell a lot of people, you know, networking, joining masterminds when your net worth is under a certain threshold, right? Before you've created your proverbial business wheel or mm. cash flow, right? When you're on that first rung, maybe second rung, you know, the the peer group is just not that strong. The focus right. is not on like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm. right? The, the focus is on the bottom rung. Yeah. How do we pay our rent? Right? How do mm. we get our business so we can make five thousand dollars a month? Mm -hmm. Right? There's a huge divide between those groups and peer groups, and the higher level ones, the people who've actually made it. I mean, it's no more night and day, two hugely separated paradigms. Mm -hmm. That to me, networking in the lower rungs is a waste of time and it's just energy draining. Right? Because another thing is a lot of people they haven't had their, they don't have their oxygen mask on. Hmm. So it's not that they're bad people. It's just that they are out for themselves and they should be because they got to get their shit on or they got to make <laughs> yeah. some money. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you interact in those types of cultures or incubator groups, um, 
people are not there to help you. They're trying to figure out, all right, hey, nice to meet you, Alex. What can I get from you? Oh, can I get from right? You? <laughs> you know, let me let me probably ask you how I can help you so that you're so inclined to ask me because that's what I really want you to ask me. You know, that's the kind of garbage that happens in these kind of these lower rungs. Mm. And it's not that the people are bad yet. They just haven't passed that threshold where they've got their oxygen mask on, they feel safe, they feel comfort, and now they can kind of finally pay it for it. Yeah. yeah, I see. So how would people find you if they're interested in learning more? Um, they can check out my podcast, Simple Passive Cash Flow, Passive Real Estate for Investing. Um, and then the simplepassivecashflow.com is my uh, URL. So Simple Passive Flash, flash okay, Flow? Simple no. Passive Cash Flow. Simple Passive Cash Flow. It's actually harder to say than I thought. Dot com. Um, and so everything would be there on that website. I, I assume you'd be able yeah, to I mean, everything, a lot of stuff is there for free. I mean, a lot of free guides and articles, um, especially buying your first rental. I mean, where, where we kind of monetize is building a community with the higher end people, hmm. the people that are kind of pretty much there getting there. Um, that's, that's really, you know, we kind of run a more of a private closing group on the high end mm -hmm, inner mm -hmm. circle. Okay, so there's a lot of um, free, really, free stuff for people who are starting out. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll get to that point at some point, and hopefully those people join down mm. the road. But, you know, in the meantime, if we can help out a thousand people buy their first rental, you know, awesome. I mean, because I, I know just from a business perspective, you know, 10 people will join up out of that thousand yeah. at some point. Fantastic. Okay, lovely to meet you. Yeah, thank, thanks, Alexander. Appreciate it. We'll speak soon, I hope.